It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of which, I have a special warning for you coming up about something you need to do to your computer to block out hackers. This is a high-priority thing you need to do, and I'll share it with you. And coming up yet later... We have had such a controversy over the years about people buying these self-help teeth straighteners. There's new info to share with you, new developments with teeth straightening, and I will get you up to date. And speaking of which, one of the strongest trends we're seeing on our website is people with questions and concerns about privacy issues and what information apps might have about you, websites might have about you, and the rest. So when the word came out, not that, just hours ago, I guess, about how several of the dating apps are sharing your personal data with people they sell it to is, well, that's pretty upsetting because if you're on any of these dating apps where you think of Tinder or OkCupid or Grindr, what else is there that's in this? There are several that your data is being sold to third parties. And I want you to know that this is a risk for you. Reporters are chasing down media spokespeople at these various dating sites saying, is is it really true? Are you really sharing all people's personal information and selling it? And so this will become a pretty well-known story with reacts from the owners of the dating sites in the next day or two. But this is something that some people are like, I don't care. They can know whatever. And I think some of it's an age-related thing, because I find that with my younger children, that there's no expectation of privacy about anything at any time. But with my older daughter, there's a clear expectation that she has a right to privacy. And so just know that when you download an app, that the risk is that they are gathering your personal information, packaging it, and selling it again and again. Uh, Californians have a clear right to control what information is collected about them and what is done with it. The rest of us in the rest of the country do not have such rights yet, although the good news, as I've shared with you last week, is that you may, in fact, be able to use the California law to your advantage, even if you live elsewhere. There's a lot of websites being afraid that they'll mess up and apps mess up with a Californian or just, in caution, providing the same rights to you wherever. Uh, Speaking of the California law, we've had two callers now who have been upset that when they've tried to use provisions of the law to delete personal information or see what 
websites or businesses have on them in their dossiers that they have, their digital dossiers on individuals, that they then have to provide a variety of personal information, including for many websites, a picture of your driver's license or state-issued ID in order to see your data file. And so the whole idea is you're trying to restrict what data is out there about you, and then you're being asked to show your driver's license. So the thing about this is that these websites have to make sure, and the apps have to make sure, that the person requesting to see their data file or to delete their data is the actual individual but instead of somebody impersonating you trying to get access to your data. So that's why, even though that adds an additional creep-out layer, that's why you have to give it and you should so that you can, if you want to restrict data that is out there about you, you should use the provisions of the law. And this is a case where Californians have the right thing going on, and the rest of us are sitting there twisting in the wind. Lee is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Lee. How you doing, Clark? I'm doing great, thank you, Lee. You have a question about the um, religious-based medical sharing pools. Yes, sir. Uh, so we've been a part of this for, uh, and I appreciate you taking my call for, for one. Um, certainly. certainly I've been a listener for a while, and I appreciate you really just um, taking care of us consumers that are out here and, and sharing their information. And and with that, as I was, my wife and I were talking, and as we, um, you know, we've been a part of this for about three years, and there were some questions we had and thought about you, of course, um, in that. So I wanted to reach out. And, um, you know, our situation, we're a part of that group share and it's been working great for, with us for, for a while. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And we have, um, you know, we, we have our cash deal where we can, you know, when we go and we pay our um, health care, we pay for it in cash, and, and then we submit it, and um, it's shared with the community that's part of our particular group. How um, long does and, it usually take with your medical sharing pool for you to or co-op um, to get reimbursed after you submit a medical bill? Sure. Anywhere between 30 and 60 days. And honestly, that's due to, you know, how really how long it takes us to get it loaded up into the portal and um, for the group to, to check it out, validate it, make sure we've loaded everything we need. And then they send it out to the community to, um, you know, for us to receive that payment back. And the, the um, co-op that you're in, are people assessed as medical bills appear or do you pay a monthly premium of some kind? Good question. Uh, so we're, um, you know, they do initial assessment, and, and this is one that you have to be, uh, you know, someone has to recommend you, and then you go through a little very minor um, assessment um, to make sure they're aware of what your needs are before you step in. And um, and, and with that, you know, when when something comes up, uh, usually if it, if it's a, we think it's something larger, we'll give them a call and say, hey, this is. Uh, something we're looking at going um, to see a specialist about or whatnot, and they have um, an influx of information really on their portal that we can go to, put in our geographic location, and um, and and say, okay, this is our need. And they they already have a lot of physicians and providers that 
um, we'll provide that, uh, you know, whatever that specialty we might be looking for, you know, outside of just our, you know, peds or something like that. And these guys are ones that are already, you know, really understand and appreciate the folks that aren't part of these larger, just big insurance groups. Like they're coming, we know, they know where, you know, can pay uh, that, that cash, they get paid immediately. Um, and they really appreciate it. So we've gotten a really you know, good experience with going this route. Um, and this particular group has really helped, you know, uh, uh, provide those, those, um, those providers for us. Even well, we don't really have what, to go out and look for them ourselves. From what I've read, Lee, there are more than a million Americans now who get their health coverage in a religious-based co-op like yes, you're sir. in. The thing that I just want to point out before I go on to your question about it is sure. that the co-ops as you're told when you sign up, they're under no obligation to pay any bill. And there's a big fuss around the country right now that one of the co-ops is, I don't know if they're insolvent or what, but they're paying nobody's claims right now. Mm -hmm. And right. so since there's no traditional underwriting of the of an insurance product, and it's, Correct. And it's a faith-based thing of mutual support, it can work just fine Unless, for whatever reason, either dishonesty or mismanagement, it goes broke. You're you're right, um, and and that's certainly something that we had a discussion around our table internally when we went to this route. And this particular organization has been, I and mean, we vetted it what we feel properly, and it's been one that has been around for quite some time. And even our family, other family members extended, had used it for quite a few years before we joined on. So. Well, that's and, you know, great. It is faith based, and you know, and so far, it's it's really done us well. Well, how can I be of service? Yes, sir. So, you know, with that, uh, when we go, we we kind of have our our two thousand dollar kind of limit that we feel as a household comfortably floating and just paying for our needs, and then we submit it back, and 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 that's fine. But you know, as we you know our kids and and things get older. Um, you know, you look at some of those specialties that might, and if something creeps in, that you might have to pay something a little over that 2000 And with that, um, you know, we were contemplating a medical-based or medical-backed kind of credit card that might either have very low interest um, or just no interest for X amount of months, and that's just kind of standard on the card. And we were just curious to what you might see uh, folks utilizing out there if you recommend going that route for those larger Three to four thousand dollars, knowing you're going to get that back right. um, through the shares. But what are your thoughts on on that kind of approach? So what I've recommended, shares? what I've recommended in the past in this case, is that you get a credit union credit card. Okay, because credit union credit cards tend to have interest rates that are usually half what the big banks charge on running a balance, and mm -hmm. so the average interest rate from a big bank will usually be somewhere around 18% right now. Right. And the typical credit union will be 8 to 9.5%. So, you know, you're, you're going to float some interest for a while, but at least you're not sitting there paying massive double-digit interest rates like you would to a bank-issued card. Sure. And for sure. that's what I'm most comfortable with is a way to float medical expenses while you're waiting for reimbursement. You know, if it was a really big amount that you were going to have to float for, let's say, a year, that's when uh, 
an offer that might be available with a teaser rate would be better. But those are not as frequent as they used to be. And I think it's a case where you keep it simple and just do one of the credit union credit cards. Matt's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Matt. Uh, Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Matt. Um, You are thinking of fully funding your Roth IRA this year, which is fantastic. Yes, yes. I'm excited to be able to do that. Well, how can I be of service? Because that's a great thing for your future. Well, I'm curious what you think about an approach I'm considering. So I know that oftentimes you suggest um, just automating the contribution and making making sure that it's um, uh, added to the account monthly and say, if you plan to max it out, put $500 in per month automatically. Right. But I was thinking as I hear more and more people speculate that the stock market could decline this year, if you thought it might be worthwhile to postpone making the contributions and see if the stock market does indeed decline and then just fully fund it with the $6,000 at that point to sort of try to get more for the money at that time. You know, it's it's a great thought, but first let me ask how old you are. I'm 40. Okay, so at 40, you're so far from when you're going to draw on money that trying to figure out if a market does decline, when's it done declining? When is it safe to put money in and all that? The most important mm-hmm. thing at 40, you're on this trend line where you got another uh, 20 or so years before you're planning to bag work and spend the money. And mm-hmm. there'll be many ups and downs with the market over the decades. I would rather you just do the automatic pilot. Remember, every month there's a decline. The $500 you're putting in buys you more shares. And ultimately, that could make you more money in the long haul. But trying to figure out uh, when the market's going to crater and when it's done cratering and when it starts recovering and then that's when you should put in the money, it's too hard to do. And, you know, if you look last uh, when we had the the Great Recession and the market Mm -hmm. collapsed, people who Mm -hmm. stood on the sidelines missed a big share of the big run up after the market bottomed. So I'd rather you just do steady as you go, put in the 500 every month, and keep doing that if you can month after month, year after year through your 40s, and it will change the future picture of your retirement if you just go steady, Eddie, and put that money in all through the years. Today's Clark Rageous moment is a special, special warning for you, and I thought the word was out about this more than it actually has been. But the NSA, the National Security Agency, found a major security flaw in Windows 10. Windows 10, a very dominant computer operating system in the U.S. And the NSA could have just kept quiet and used that to spy, but instead... They let Microsoft know. Microsoft has put up an update. People who have automatic updates for security patches on their Windows computers got the update, in most cases, overnight last night. But if you did not get a new update 
on your Windows 10 computer, you may not have it set up for automatic updates, please take time today to do this because you don't even have to be a qualified hacker. Like, apparently anybody, the security hole is so great, anybody with even rudimentary skills can get into your info. So all you need to do is go to Update Settings, and then when you get there, you'll see Update and Security, check for updates, and then you download and install now. So you know how Windows works. You click this window, and then you click that one, then you click that one, then bam, it's there. And then you're able to download the security patch because this is a really important update for you to get. We talked to two security experts to see how important this one is. And this is one that is a very, very key update for you to get done right away. And if you missed any of those instructions, we have them for you at Clark.com. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and Clark Deals herself is here. ClarkDeals.com. Karis, the chief deal digger, the boss. I don't even know your title. What is your, do you <laughs> have a fancy sure title? Well, kind of, but yeah, I just make sure everything happens on Clark Deals. That's what I want. So I you decided that your a beautiful smile could be more beautiful. Yes. And you went on a quest to figure out how to straighten your teeth, which is something that's in the news today because of two companies that are like the Hatfields and McCoys of teeth straightening are kind of getting into each other's business. So Smile Direct Club which has been very controversial. We've had Clark Stinks about it when I've talked about it from uh, orthodontists and dentists, that they offer the ability for you to essentially straighten your own teeth versus Invisalign that is one that is done through the office of a dental professional, usually an orthodontist. Well, now Smile Direct Club is going to sell both ways, both through Uh, dental professionals' offices, and direct. Now, this is specifically of concern for you because you decided you wanted to straighten your teeth. Yes, it's been an interesting process, and my friend who owns a couple dentist offices would probably kill me to know that I've tried Smile Direct, but um, it has been... I I was curious because I had orthodontic work before as a kid and got my teeth straightened, and then I forgot to wear my retainer and stuff, and, you know, my teeth moved. So I wanted to straighten them. And so I dove in and, um, you know, initially it's kind of, it's kind of a DIY in a sense. Once they set everything up, they'll take pictures of your teeth, just like at an orthodontist. Um, but then so you went to one of the smile direct club offices yes, and yes. had the, the, images taken of your mouth and then they came up with a treatment plan for you? Yes, exactly. I actually went both to a smile direct location and then also to a traditional orthodontist to compare the pricing. And it was basically the same 3D imaging at both locations, but of course you have more hands-on with an orthodontist and of course there's a cost difference. So the cost difference is basically three times the freight. If you go to a dental professional to have Invisalign put on, it'll cost you typically north of 5000 and yours was 1800 1700 how much was yours 
So Smile Direct is 1895, but it's a little bit more if you finance it. And then uh, they were giving me a super deal because I had went there before as a kid. And so um, it was going to be about 4300 for mine, um, but I didn't have a lot of big changes. The 4300 was doing Invisalign at a at an ortho. Right, exactly. All right, so 4300 versus 1800 and you decided you wanted to save the money. I did, but then uh, I did more research. Uh-oh. But then, <laughs> yes. So, you know, when you get your smile box, you know, it's kind of DIY. They'll tell you when to change out your aligners, but you really have to stick to the program. And if you have other teeth issues, it can be a big concern because you're not getting that constant monitoring by an orthodontist. So, um, you know, there's a, there are some bumps in the road. My aligners weren't in the right order, so I had to figure that out. And um, so, you know, there's been kind of a mixed thing. You see people that are loving it, but then people that are getting really crazy issues like so, teeth moving. So. so have you seen that on Facebook where there are yes. all the groups? Yes. And uh, the people who hate Smile Direct are vehement, right? They are because sometimes it can cause irreversible damage. You think about, you know, a tooth being loose and not being able to replace it. Um, But then other people are just so overjoyed with the results that they've gotten from Smile Direct because it's so low cost and their teeth look great. So it seems to be, you know, a money saving alternative, but then also with some risk. So you're how far into this? I'm just a couple months in. I'm going very slow because I am a little bit concerned. (laughs) But um, I'm doing the nighttime program. They now have a nighttime where you can just do 10 hours a night. And it it goes a little bit slower, but you still get the same results. And are you seeing a result over time? You're seeing your teeth move? Yes, I am. They are more straight than they used to be. And, um, you know, I I anticipate that I'll have more straightness, you know, as time goes on. But... um, I'm just a few months in, so it'll be How, a few more months before. What, what is the total time doing the nighttime only? Um, it, it definitely adds a couple more months onto the program. I think my initial was five months. I'm thinking it's going to be more like 10 months-ish for me. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. But no no dental problems for you at all? No. I had an abscess tooth, and I've got a filling, and I was concerned about that. But when I went to the orthodontist, they were like, you know, even if we did a Invisalign, it's not a huge deal for that. So, um, you know, it just kind of depends on what you're comfortable with. And if you have a lot of teeth issues, it probably might be best to seek orthodontic care. Um, but I've, so far, it's been pretty good. Had some bumps in the roads, but they've taken care of it for me. So, All right. You said that last thing pretty much like somebody who's been to law school. That was perfect. <laughs> But anyway, thank you, (laughs) because this has been a very polarizing topic on our show for years now, and so much in medical is going to more and more either self-service or a blend of self-service and traditional professional care, and this is one of those areas where the self-service only has been something that has agitated people in the dental profession mightily and the the gap in cost is what has motivated people to go with smile direct club and now it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays now that smile direct club is doing both channels selling directly to the public and selling through dental professionals and what price point do the dental professionals then turn around and offer smile direct club and do they undercut what they charge right now for Invisalign. So lots to see. Just know this, if you have pre-existing dental problems, pre-existing weakness in your teeth, or have had 
a history of dental issues. Doing a self-serve teeth straightening is not a good choice. So, and don't don't jump. Uh, you don't call them kits. Don't jump. What do you call the the things you have? Oh, the aligners. Yeah, yeah you want to make sure you go with aligners. the plan. <laughs> do it as you're supposed to. Don't get impatient because going too far too quickly could by itself cause real problems for your teeth. Mm-hmm. So, and I appreciate your posts. If you are an orthodontist or a dentist and you want to rake me over the coals for even mentioning Smile Direct Club, go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and let's hear your perspective as a dental professional. Joel joins us and Joel, it's great to have you on the Clark Howard Show and there's a different Joel than our Joel. Correct. Yes. Thanks for having me. Certainly, Joel. What's going on? So we're going to be traveling from Anchorage, Alaska to London at the end of May. Um, and we're, we're a family of six. And if I, I found if I try and get a reservation on the airlines straight through from Anchorage to London, um, it's about $700 more than if I book two separate tickets from Anchorage to Seattle and then Seattle to London. And 700 times six people end up being quite a bit. So Absolutely. I wanted to find out your suggestions or ideas on if I can get the airlines to transfer my bags in Seattle or if I have to go and get my bags from baggage claim and then recheck in in Seattle. You want to recheck in in Seattle and you want to leave enough time, even, um, dare I say it, fly to Seattle the night before your trip to London. Okay. And the reason is, is that if you miss that flight to London that would be on a separate ticket, likely separate airline, you are so out of luck you can't imagine. You lose the entire value of your trip to London. Okay. And, you know, if you if you come back from London and you missed your flight to Anchorage from Seattle, it would be a hassle and maybe some expense, but nothing like the kind of hassle and expense you'd be talking about if you forfeited your whole trip. Right. From okay. Seattle to London. So okay. you want to claim those bags. You, you you know, when you fly back, you have to get your bags anyway because in immigration, sure. they're going to have to inspect. So yeah. it's only a matter of on your going. And if you, if you follow me, follow my guidance and spend that night in Seattle, it, it just eliminates so many potential snafus. Okay. All right. And, you know, at the Seattle airport, uh, there are so many hotels now, a lot more than there used to be, and it's driven the prices of those hotels down some, so it's not going to be a zillion dollars for that overnight. Okay. And I'm just dying with curiosity, why wouldn't you go to London in the Alaska winter, when you've got all that darkness, and go <laughs> enjoy England then, and then in May, when which is like the best month of the year to be in Alaska, you're going to uh, leave it? It's, it's all about the, the kids' school schedules. So. Those nasty school schedules. Yeah, but the midgets are always calling, causing problems. Right, right. All right. <laughs> well, have a wonderful trip. And how are you figuring out what you're going to do and where you're going to stay in England? It's uh, my in-laws are going with us, and, and they were stationed over there with the Royal Air Force. And so uh, it's a lot about 
seeing their friends and, and locals in the area. Great. So you, you've yeah. almost got your own local tour guides. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, great. Have a great, great time. Rebecca's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Clark. Thanks for talking with me. Certainly, Rebecca. How can I serve you? Well, my husband and I are looking to retire in about a year um, uh, to Florida, which is several hundred miles away. And we're going down there at the end of the month. We kind of want to know what, I mean, we we want to check out the area and see if we like um, Fort Myers and and um, maybe look at some housing, just to get some ideas and stuff. But I just wondered if we should have some sort of a plan in mind of, of how to get this all, um, it just seems so overwhelming to just go so far away. And Absolutely. So I'm going to inconvenience you some with some of the steps I'm going to recommend. Are you, you're moving from the Midwest? Illinois. Yes. All right. So it's going to be a radical lifestyle change. Are you thinking of living year round in Florida instead of living in Illinois? Yes. Okay. And... You, do you have a home in Illinois you're going to sell? We do. Our, our plan is to sell that first. Um, good, good choice. Before we go down and then maybe rent for several months until we're comfortable with the area and, and, and find something we really like instead of feeling rushed once we get down there to, to get something. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth that I would want you to rent. And what month of the year are you planning that you would relocate to at first Fort Myers? Um, Probably late summer. Okay. If you can do it a little earlier in the summer, it might be to your advantage because when you get that far south in Florida, you're in off, off, off season and you can rent a place. And in Florida, the key usually is renting a place for seven months because of the taxes involved with a rental in Florida that you avoid once you trigger past a certain amount of time of rental. Mm-hmm. So if you can time it where you rent with you vacating by, let's say, December 15th before the season really kicks in, that would give you a good length of time to figure out first if the Fort Myers area is appealing to you. And second... It gives you time to go check out other areas, pick out... Fort Myers is so spread out that it's also a matter of what part of that southwest Florida area you find feels like home to you. Okay. And the great thing about southwest Florida is that there's such a diverse makeup of pricing on housing. Not so much on rentals, but on homes to buy, there's enormous price differences depending on where exactly you end up settling down in South Florida. So you've got a great bit of flexibility based on what your budget is and what kind of things you're looking for in a community. That's that's one of the things that made it pretty attractive because um, some places like on the, on the Panhandle, you know, is really kind of out of our budget uh, to get something nice. And it looked like there was a lot of availability in Fort Myers at different different price points. And that's why you need the months. I mean, a lot of months to really 
figure out that right cross-section of price and amenities and area that is where you're going to be happy. So I would really back up the seven months from December 15th next year and target on your lease starting then and giving yourself the luxury of time to figure it out. And if you still haven't figured it out after that lease, then just do another lease until you figure it out. Because there's always, because of all the absentee owners, there's always a massive amount of available rentals in Florida because there are so many absentee owners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kenneth is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kenneth. How you doing? Great, Clark. How are you? Good, thank you. You got a question yeah. for me about LegalZoom.com. I do. Yes, sir. I'm taking over a business uh, here in July, trying to get some of the pre-work stuff done out of the way. Um, I'm going to set it up as an S-Corp, and I was curious as if you would recommend hiring an attorney to guide me through the process, or do you think it's something that a normal person with normal knowledge could guide themselves through on a website like that. With LegalZoom, I, I think you can do just fine. Um, LegalZoom okay. is, uh, is an organization I've actually used to form some of my corporate entities. And okay. I've never had even the least amount of trouble from them with anything they've ever done because it's a pretty streamlined, easy process, because they do such a massive volume of them, and Mm -hmm. it's really, really inexpensive to use them. But I recommend, you know, they have a teaser rate for forming an an LLC or an S-Corp, and then they have a mid-price, and then they have the the expensive one. And Mm -hmm. I have always gone with the most expensive so that, there, which is still very cheap, because I've never wanted to be in a position where they said, well, if you would have hired us for this, that wouldn't have happened. There wouldn't have been a problem. Okay. I want to know that right. I can just worry about the issues involved with running my business instead of fa- people pointing fingers at each other. Right. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah, that's great advice. I Let just, me tell you the bad part. Um, okay. The bad part is that they will try to sell you everything else on earth. Once they have their hooks in you and be prepared for that, be prepared for them trying to get you to do trial offers of different subscriptions. And you just got to follow a simple rule. Just say no. You're listening to the Clark Howard Show. 
Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.